on our premiere episode. We tackle pooping in public, knowing when to make your move, and how meatloaf can tear a family apart. All that and more on Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me that vital information so I get the red light sooner, yeah. The church of Lori Beth is in session and we're reading from the scriptures of is Lori Beth Denberg. Welcome to Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. It's a podcast. There weren't enough podcasts, so I thought we need a podcast. Let's put it out there. Thank you for joining us. I hope you end up enjoying the show. I don't know what to do if you don't. Call up and ask about it. I'll tell you what you should have done better, I guess. Um, With me right now is my co-host and my friend, Clark Crozer. Hello, how are you? I am just fine. How are you? I am doing pretty good. I'm very excited. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I know. Clark and I have been talking about doing a podcast for easily 10 years. Oh, easily 10 years. Yeah. We've talked about it before podcasts were invented. Not only have we been talking about it, people have been talking to us about it. People, yes. have been, I, I keep telling people that we're going to do this and they're like, finally. Yes. There was much clamoring in our immediate circles, <laughs> but here we are. And uh, actually here we are. Now, I want to say right up front, this is not a political podcast. Yeah. There's not going to be that vibe, but we cannot ignore that today, right now, in our inaugural, pun intended, <laughs> podcast, our very first podcast. It is November 7th, 2020, and Joe Biden has just passed the electoral threshold. That's right. And is now officially our president-elect. Yeah, that's a historical moment. Yes, and Miss Kamala Harris is our vice president-elect. So it has been quite a week. It has been quite a year. Mm-hmm. We uh, somehow managed to make it to November of 2020, which... It's taken a couple of years, but, you know. It's taken a couple of years, yes, to get to this point. But uh, we're here. That's what's going on in the news. I just felt like we couldn't, you know, we're not... Well, when historians look back on this show as exactly. the first show, they're going to go, oh, see, it, it's you got to put it in context. Yeah. After at the end of 2020, when the whole world does implode yeah. and aliens come down to sift through the wreckage. And they they're will, like, hey, look at this uh, podcast we found. Yes, they will definitely find one flash drive <laughs> containing this podcast right. to represent all of humanity. I know that's a tall order. It's like the gold record that we put in the, the, the ship that we sent out into space exactly to, to talk to alien life forms yes and the, the aliens are like these people are idiots but yeah. i love the jackson five <laughs> i am toe tapping i'm tapping my 10 toes on each foot exactly i'm an alien wait do we have 10 toes on oh wait 10 toes on each foot on each foot oh sorry yeah you i heard 10 toes yeah, and then no, i was like oh the superior race is gonna have more toes than us Clark. but are they all on the front or do you put some on the back? Oh, that's interesting because that would give you a real balance. Yeah. Or you put some on the side, then you're like, whoa, then you're uh, like a weak smooth. Problem. You're like smooth criminal. You're yeah. just kind of <laughs> leaning over really far every time you do something. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, would you like to start getting uh, into some questions? 
Yes, I want to say that these are, you know, I would call the show Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. But it is our intention to give good advice on all different topics, you know, goofy stuff, fun stuff, hard stuff, personal stuff, whatever it is. I do have some life experience. Yes, I have been on your televisions for 25 years, yeah, 25 right. years plus. Oof. So, um, you know, not only do I have a vast knowledge of getting hit with slimy things <laughs> and being have, you know, tuna fish dropped on me from 20 feet, which really happened. Wait, a tuna fish or like bits of tuna fish? At one point, they were all a tuna fish. <laughs> OK, then they were processed. OK, as and they would then say they hit you. That was for our big Canadian audience. Right. Which they we were... do. We have a huge Canadian following, uh, yes, even, exactly. even though we haven't started yet. Exactly. Uh, We are very popular worldwide. Right. Um, Taiwan loves us. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but I have had, you know, a nice little life. Sometimes not so nice. And I can share those experiences with you and commiserate. But more importantly, we've had a life and we're friends and we want to include you as one of our friends. Yes. So that's what we want to do. We want to, you're one of our friends now. You're part of the group. Yes. And as part of the group, you are privy to our amazing wealth of information. Oh, yes. Because we've lived lives. Everyone's lived lives, but we've lived crazy lives. We have lived some crazy lives. And uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that need friends like us. Oh, absolutely. Right. And quite frankly, I could use some more friends because you all all alone are not cutting. Yeah, I can't. I can't do this alone. (laughs) Um, All right, we ready to? Yeah, to, if you're ready, I'm ready. These questions have come into us through um, Twitter, right? And yep. and Instagram. We're Instagram. at Ask Lori Beth That's on right. Twitter and Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Yep, Ask called, uh, uh, Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denver. Thank you. And then we have a specialized, personalized license plate of a phone number. Yes, we do. Which is one eight five five Denberg. That is my last name. D E N B E R G. Isn't that funny? So there's lots of ways to get to us and let's see who got to us. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Let's, uh, let's start things off with, uh, this is John and he's having, uh, some, uh, some really hard problems in life. Okay. Hey, Lori Beth. My name is John. Um, I am scared to use public bathrooms because of the cleanliness level of toilet seats. And I, um, I don't have the leg strength to hold a squat through the duration of mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would appreciate any advice that you have. Thanks. There you go. All right, John. Thank okay, you. John, thank you very much. Um, for opening up. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, uh, decent, uh, opening question. Exactly. Thank you. So uh, what's interesting to me is like, as I told you at the beginning of the show, what today is we are in 2020, mm-hmm. we are in, you know, COVID pandemic pandemio. So what John doesn't say is whether this is a 2020 issue about cleanliness right. or just an issue he's had forever. Right. I'm going to say that it's probably a long-standing thing, or he would have really mentioned that. I think I've never heard that you can catch COVID through the ass. No, you can catch a lot. Yeah, but I don't think you can get COVID through I the ass. I can catch a frisbee. <laughs> oh, nice! I'll show you later. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is probably a long-going problem. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, John, we have. First of all, I don't know that there's 
anyone who's like, I can't wait to take a shit in public. Yeah. I just hope something bubbles up while I'm at the library. Let me tell you, if there are those people, I don't like those people. They or are they just free spirits? I mean, everyone has a thing. Maybe that's just their thing. If they're like a cool, nice person, but they just really enjoy taking shits in public. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd let them slide. And again, in public, meaning in a public restroom. In a restroom, right? Not, they aren't just like dropping trowel in the Times yeah, Square. I went, you know, it's funny. Years ago, John, we will get to your question. <laughs> um, I was with a bunch of friends. I just, I really had to go to the bathroom. I had to take a shit. Yeah. And I was near my library, which is probably why I thought about the library. And um, so I ducked in there and I went to the bathroom and I felt so much better. Mm. And then afterwards, I saw a friend in there. I was like, hey, Tom, whatever. And what was Tom doing in that bathroom? I, no, no, no. He's in the library. Oh, in the library. He's in the library. Oh, okay. And um, so then later, I was just talking to some other friends. And I'm like, yeah, I had to stop. I had to take, I took a dump in the library. And they were like, ew. And I was like, well, in the bathroom, not in children's <laughs> classics. <laughs> You know, like, I was like, what do you think I'm saying? And maybe, you know, yeah. whatever. No, maybe they thought it was TMI, but. Uh, Karen, my wife, uh, she was living in New York for a while. And the one year she decided she was going to do the the ball drop, right? Mm-hmm. The New Year's Eve Times Square ball drop. She goes over there. She's with friends and family members, all the stuff. And they pack you in like sardines, yeah. right? So now the whole street is just packed, 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 packed with people. And then they don't let you leave. If you leave, even if you, if you have to go to the bathroom, you leave, you never come back. Uh-oh. Whoever you're with basically has to find another way to get in hold of you because you can't go back to where you were. So because of that, people were just pissing and shitting on the seat, on the street. Oh, and which is one, you know, that's bad. Well, hey, normally, God, how different is that from New York on a regular day? Yeah, oh. But imagine when you're packed in together. Oh, yeah. And shit on the ground. That's not great. That's not good. That's like the worst dog park ever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All, right, let's get to John. All right. John wants to know how to deal with toilets. John has been waiting with bated breath yeah. for our uh, and, help. Uh, braided, bated breath, butthole. Braided breath, butthole. Um, John. John. It is not uncommon to be uncomfortable, you know, taking a dump in a public restroom. Mm -hmm. If you want to work on this from, you know, not attack the problem, but attack the symptoms, you could really work out your your thighs and your, you know, your quads, really get the power to keep that squat. Mm. However, emotionally... Mm. You know, I mean, there are the the quick fixes. Some bathrooms have those toilet seat covers. Right. You could always use three or four of those. Right. You could. Um, There's. I always think of the the. I I don't know if this is uh, moral or not, but you take the handicap stall. Then they have those metal bars. Oh. You can grab onto those metal bars, and then you're not squatting. Then you're just uh, hovering a little, using your arm strength. Or I mean, then you work out your your biceps, triceps, and quads. Exactly. Then you could probably just like tense up and hover. I think what we're finding here is that there is some sort of exercise routine involved in going to the bathroom that nobody has tapped into yet. Or, John, you could really say, is there any merit to what I'm really scared about? Right. Because... You know, I like Clark said, I haven't heard of anybody getting COVID up the ass. Right. But you are sitting, you know, I understand. 
I under, you're sitting on something that other people sit on without their pantaloons mm-hmm. and it's a little unnerving. Sure. If I, I would suggest, first of all, you didn't say it, but if this is a crippling uh, anxiety issue, please seek professional help. Right. I am in no way. Oh, we should have prefaced that. Yeah. We are not doctors. I am not quite a doctor. No, scientists. I'm not. I'm barely an actress. Yeah. So <laughs> we should really just get that straight. Um, so, yeah, if it is a real problem, please get some help from someone who is more qualified than me, which is yeah. probably your mailman and up. But, um, you know, what I might suggest is going somewhere where you really trust the toilet. Go to the lobby of a really nice hotel. Right. Go somewhere. Or or can I throw something out here? You may. What if he goes the opposite route? What if he goes to like the sleaziest sleazy bar downtown wherever horrible shit covered toilet oh he gets used to it he just sits on that and just gets over it and then mm. from that point on, it's like, oh, what can it, it can't be worse than the shitty toilet at the scum hotel. It Well, I wouldn't go that far because, quite frankly, I can take a shit in public. But if I went into a shit covered sleazy yeah. bar bathroom, I would hold it. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what yeah, I mean? It's true. You don't have to go that far. But maybe. No, I think maybe you start at like the lobby of the Four Seasons. Right. You work your way you up. You work your way. Yeah, you work well, your way down. Down, yeah. You work your way down in quality. Quality, <laughs> quality toilets. So they're hard to find yeah. these days. And I wouldn't go too far. To, well, what you're going to have to do, John, is, you know, if you want to do that, take this tack. You're going to start at a very nice hotel in the lobby bathroom. You're going to work your way down. I would say pass through the library at some point. That mm. was a good experience for yeah. me. You're going to go down. At the very bottom is going to be... Now, I know it's a joke that Starbucks bathrooms are gross, but they're not. Mm. But I would go, my last three ticks down would be Starbucks, McDonald's, mm. and gas station. Right. You got to do the gas station yeah, at some point. Because, exactly. Like yeah. I was saying, once you can get through that, then I, I feel like you can get through anything. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what I should say, though, now, just to, again, stamp this in time. Sure. We are still in the middle of a fairly deadly dangerous pandemic exactly so you can't right now i mean john you're a little off the hook you can't you're not allowed to take a shit at mcdonald's right, right now exactly so you know maybe this is something you can mentally prepare for also because of the pandemic perfect timing everyone is carrying hand sanitizer with them everyone yeah. just spray down anything if you're gonna sit on a toilet spray it down with hand sanitizer yes what's what's it's gonna hurt and, right? and know that a decent you know reputable establishment where you were you know were it to become an issue that you needed to use the restroom they are going to be taking extra cleanliness, cleansing, sanitation yeah, precautions. So exactly. Everyone's this, scared right now. This might be a good opportunity to practice shitting. To yes. You gotta Take practice. A couple practice shits. Little practice shits. Just dip your dip your toe in the pool. Yeah, exactly. Dip you gotta you gotta start slow yes. and then build up. All right. That's that's what I say. John, good luck. I love that. That's Let I've, us know what happens. Send us a picture. I feel like that's some very good advice. I really Amen. do. All right. Um, let's go over here to Stephen. Stephen has a very, very odd question. Okay. Hi, Lori. Hi. I just wanted to get a little advice on a problem that I've been 
dealing with lately. You know, whenever your mom and dad make some meatloaf and you want to have it for breakfast the next morning, but can't of course. because they say that meatloaf isn't a breakfast. Right. You know when that happens? Mm-hmm. Well, I do. I know when that happens. And what do you do? Can you just please tell me what do I do so I can eat a little meatloaf for breakfast? My name's Steven. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my problem. I love okay. Steven. Steven is so dramatic. Yeah, he's very dramatic. Yeah. He also sounds about 26. So my first advice would be don't live with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a good start. Although, honestly, I live with my father. Uh, that's true. That's I live, true. My father is 73 years old. He had heart surgery. God, it's probably four years ago. He yeah. had um, a- aortic valve replacement. So he's mm. a little piggy valve. Mm. So whenever I make bacon, we always joke like, I wonder if this is the one your valve is from. Hey. Um, and after that, I was supposed to, you know, you need someone to stay with you. You can't lift weight. Right. Have like over five pounds, blah, blah, blah. So I went to go stay with him to take care of him. And I was like, why don't I just live here? You know, he's. He's not getting any younger. That's I can true. help him with stuff. Quite frankly, the price is right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I say to you, John, maybe don't live with your parents, I'm saying from my experience, I do. And yet I can eat whatever I like for breakfast. Yeah, that's the thing. You've gotten to a point. You've gotten to a relationship with your dad where he's not telling you what you can and can't eat anymore. Yeah, it's pretty it, it's pretty easy going as far as that yeah so but somehow steven has uh gotten himself into a situation where he is under the thumb right and like the meatloaf is put into a rat trap that he can't (laughs) grab lest he be now ruined there's there's the other part of this question too which is do you enjoy meatloaf for breakfast okay well here's the other thing yeah ain't nobody gonna tell you what is for breakfast right Anything you eat first thing. Yeah. Is breakfast. Is breakfast. Is breakfast. That's it's just the law. Yeah. If it, I wake up at three in the afternoon, which is a common occurrence. Sure. Whatever I eat first is breakfast. Right. Hamburgers, meatloaf. Meatloaf. Egg could be eggs and bacon. Eggs and bacon. No one can lobster. tell you, Stephen. Breakfast is anything you can imagine. Yeah. More. That's that's the best part of being an adult. That's when I felt like I became an adult, when I could just eat whatever I want. Yes. I mean, for me, that happened when I was maybe 15 or 16, yeah. but still. He was horribly neglected yeah. at a young age. Or just horribly force-fed. Yes. Oh, my dear. Yeah. So also, Stephen, here's the deal. Um, make your own goddamn meatloaf. Yeah, there you go. Show them. Don't give them any. What are they? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You should be uh, be happy to share with them and oh, say, I, see? I'm giving you this meatloaf with no strings attached. This is unconditional meatloaf. That's why you give the good advice, because yeah. you go the kind way. That's, I try you got, to go the kind you gotta way. You got to be kind, especially when it's your parents. Yeah. Even if they're not kind to you and give you meatloaf. Yeah. If you're making meatloaf, you give some to them. You absolutely give some to them. You say, Don't, don't yeah. stoop down to their level. Yeah, exactly. Right? I am not going to tell you mom and dad how when where you should eat this meatloaf if you want to eat it at midnight on the toilet please do so and then call john for right. the last question and let him know how it went down maybe his parents are better at squatting exactly um yeah whatever you eat first is uh breakfast yeah i completely agree if you are in a situation uh, Stephen, if you are if you are under duress, if you are in a bad situation, 
tap the phone twice, <laughs> we will send help. I also feel like meatloaf shouldn't be the 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 be all end all of meals. Like you can get meatloaf anywhere. You could go to 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 the grocery store and buy a pre-cooked yeah, meatloaf. Yeah, but if your mom's making her special meatloaf. Uh, he didn't say it was a special meatloaf. He just said it was meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf is not the kind of thing that's going to make you right home to. Meatloaf is not the hill that you would die on. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. exactly it. I mean, it's meatloaf. Yeah. You'd at least stay, save that for, you know, something extravagant. You want. Yeah. Steak or lobster, or, you know, something that you would so. get at uh, Black Angus, right? Oh, that's that's fa too. fancy. Breakfast is steak and eggs. Throw a couple eggs on there, maybe. There you go. And eggs. Maybe we'll just find some loopholes to get through this meatloaf tragedy that's, that's happening in your house. Can't you see this meatloaf is tearing Stephen's family apart? <laughs> I agree. That's a very good idea. All right, we've given you a lot to work with there, Stephen. Seriously, good, good luck. Seriously, yeah. good. Luck. I, I I have high hopes for you, my friend. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to question number three. We've got uh, Mikey from uh, from Facebook land, and he has a question for you. It's not recorded, so I'm just going to read it. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, does drinking non-alcoholic beer, LB, does that, is that still considered drinking if you're staying sober? Ah. Hmm. Very interesting. I've come up against this question before. Oh. I myself have been sober for just over 15 years. Oh, well done. So, yeah. <laughs> As if I didn't know that. I know, right? Oh, congratulations. It's there the first time we've a, met. A little golf clap. Exactly. Um, so this question actually has come up. Yeah. And I actually know somebody who was sober and his, you know, support group after he drank a 12 pack of O'Doul's. Mm. You know, was like, you know, I think you in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every every two minutes you just heard. <laughs> keep and going. Then, keep yes. going. He's and, just like, yeah. And then a large belch. <laughs> um, but he he drank a 12 pack. He Yeah. He he like went to town on it hmm. and in the end decided to say, OK, that was. A lapse in sobriety. Oh. Um, but there are, I have also other friends that do have an occasional non-alcoholic beer. I have one time had a non-alcoholic beer in sobriety. Really? I was with an ex-ex-boyfriend in Vegas. Hmm. And I had a, non and this was years into my sobriety. Sure. I had a non-alcoholic beer and was smoking inside. Oh yeah, Vegas. Absolutely. Like, this is the naughtiest I've ever been. Yeah. You know, Clark and I are from Los Angeles. Born and raised. Born and raised in the San Fernando Valley where Valley Girls come from. Oh yeah. And so, you know, quite health conscious. You're we, not We haven't been able to smoke indoors here for 20 years. Yeah. Something like that. I was still in high. We were still. We in were high still school. in high. Yeah, maybe thirty years. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So it, the thought of smoking inside to most people from California or L.A. specifically is just kind of absurd. Well, I would expect to be handcuffed and yeah, exactly, security. beaten up. Exactly. So to be able to be smoking inside—that's crazy—and then you know have a non-alcoholic beer was like oh my god i'm just this is this is where my life is that i was like this is the pinnacle of awesome <laughs> but i'll tell you something yeah i will tell you something very seriously yeah having that beer made me want more beer did it absolutely really yeah so 
you know, and that was like a real thing. Yeah. I told my friends about. Yeah. Like that just set off a craving for more beer. I didn't have any, luckily. See here. Here's the thing. Uh, you've had addiction problems before. Yeah. I have never been drunk. Clark I've never not, been drunk. I can't yeah. get drunk. I've tried. Friends have tried. My only thing is I get nervous because I fe- I get so afraid that somebody's going to be like, drink, 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 drink. And then I'll keep drinking. And then I'll just go like, I'll be like, not drunk, not drunk, not drunk, dead. Yeah, right. Yes, like I'm just yes. going to skip past drunk and just go straight to dead. Yeah. So I'm always nervous. I make people drink with me because when I was in my 20s. Every time I said this to somebody, oh, I, I don't, I can't get drunk. I don't, it doesn't mm-hmm. affect me. They, they get offended. They get mad at me and then yeah. they want it, it becomes a challenge. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's a big challenge and, oh, we're yeah. going to get you drunk. I'm like, oh, no. and so what, what happened is I would make people drink with me. I'll, I'll do whatever you want, but whatever I drink, you have to drink. And when you're done, I'm done. Yeah. And so we would go through and I would have, you know, for my 21st birthday, I was, um, Working at Universal Studios with a bunch of cowboys. Yes. And we went to a cowboy bar. They (laughs) took me to a cowboy bar with a bunch of stuntmen. And we were drinking. And I I swear to God, I must have had five beers, three mixed drinks, and about five shots. And people, but it was hard because I couldn't play that game because there were so many people that multiple people were buying me drinks. Uh. So I couldn't play the game of if I get one, you get one because there was too many people around. But so it's hard for me to to know what to give advice to give something like this. I don't understand the desire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I don't get that. Listening, you that, should just know Clark is a big guy. Yeah. He's about seven foot three fifty. Right. Is that about Ex- it? Oh, close, close. No, he, he's very tall I and um, not a demure flower. No, not at all. So when I drink, it just it doesn't hit me he at all. He's invincible. So it's hard for me to think about somebody that drinks a non-alcoholic drink and then is just like, oh, uh, this is going to lead me to something horrible. Yeah. Well, especially, it, I mean, obviously um, his question is. You know, he the the, the framing of the question is that staying sober, staying sober. Exactly. So what I'm going to say is that's a real personal decision that you should make in conjunction with other people in your in your life that are supporting you. I agree. Um, You know, I can say I know friends, like I said, that have had. You know, non-alcoholic beer. They have it every once in a while. My one friend is like, yeah, just with a burger. Sometimes I want it. Exactly. It's not an everyday thing. I had one once and it set off a craving. Yeah. That was that was dangerous. If I, you know, and I was honest about it. I told my friends, I said, here's what happened. Yeah. And I made it through that, you know, week or whatever it was. But that has really stuck with me. Right. It wasn't the danger of the drink as much as the scary feeling afterwards of wanting more and oh, wanting yeah. it back. And that's the deal with addiction. Is yeah. More, 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 more is better. Exactly. So be careful. That's, that's good. Be careful and um, ask for help and ask for guidance and uh, drink responsibly. <laughs> that's a good idea. Uh, all right. Um Wait, can I tell a story about my 21st birthday? Please. Yeah, let's hear it. My 21st birthday fell while I was working on All That. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm an actress and I worked on a television show called All That on Nickelodeon. Yeah. My 21st birthday fell on um, a shooting night of All That when the audience was coming in. 
So this really great guy, Nick Donatelli, if you're out there, I'd be surprised if you're listening, but you're the best. He was one of the producers. He arranged for me to get uh, a car to take me to work and then to this place called the Cat and Fiddle in Hollywood, which I don't know if it's there anymore. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. And it was like a kind of Englishy, pubby, outside yeah. seating, blah, blah, blah. And um, and I had had alcohol before, but this was my 21st birthday. And, you know, we would go there every and, week. And this is probably what, season three or four? Season three or four. Because yes. you were back here in L.A. Yes. And you, so this wasn't, you weren't still in that nervous, oh my God, I'm on a TV show phase. You were kind of experienced at that point. Yeah. And I was older, so yeah. I would go out. I mean, apparently I was 21. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I would go out even before my 21st birthday, I would go out with everybody, not the kids, but like the crew. Exactly. And it was more about the writers and the, yeah. the, the behind the scenes people exactly. that you were friends with. So I would go out every, you know, every week after the show. Um, but this, of course, was my 21st birthday. So everyone was buying me drinks. I decided I needed to eat something. Mm. So I ate like a some sort of like it wasn't a steak and kidney pie. Oh, maybe it was a shepherd's pie. OK, it was something like there were peas. Right. Because it's a British pub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I should eat something. And then everyone's buying me drinks and this and that. And I'm already pretty, you know, whatever. At one point. um. Dave Higgins, the actor. Higgins, Boys and Gruber? Higgins, Boys and Gruber, Dave Wow, Higgins. okay. He happened to be there, and he bought me a shot. Wow. He wasn't part of our party or anything no. like that. He was just, he was just happened there. to be at yeah. the Cat and Fiddle. He just happened to be there, and he bought me a shot. And then um, the long story to that is that I eventually went to a taping of Ellen and brought him a bottle of what he was drinking that night. Oh, nice. And said, you know, when it was like questions from the audience, I said, you brought some cheer to my birthday. So here's some cheer for you. Oh, how and sweet. Yeah, it was it was fun. And he remembers because we're Facebook friends. And I said, hey, do you remember? Blah, blah, blah. Because he uh, wished me happy birthday. In case anyone out there is listening that has never watched Higgins, Boys and Gruber, <gasps> go on YouTube and just type in Higgins, Boys and Gruber. There's just some amazing sketch comedy back then. Yeah. Just that's amazing. When, that's when before the Comedy Channel was no. Yeah. Before Comedy Central. Central Comedy Central, it was the Comedy Channel. That's right. And if you look back on that stuff, you are going to see an extraordinarily young John Stewart. Yeah. Yes. You are going to see a lot of your beloved comedy figures, actors, producers, writers, as babies, as little tiny babies. Yeah, that was those were amazing yeah, shows. They were really, anyway. Really didn't good. mean to interrupt. Okay, sorry. Anyway, well, I interrupted myself by talking about going to a taping <laughs> of Ellen. Now we're back to my birthday. I'm getting pretty buzzed. People yeah. keep buying me drinks. It's, you know, mixing the alcohol, which all the experts, uh, you know, suggest. <laughs> and then this one guy who we're all pretty sure was just a real alcoholic who worked on the show. He was okay. a lighting guy. He comes up to me like the last thing of the night. And he's oh, like, God. You need a shot of Jägermeister. Oh, good Lord. And I don't know what that is. Even right. now, even before I got sober, when I was still, you know, a regular human, <laughs> right. I didn't drink a lot. I was right. never good at drinking. Right. 
As he's like, you need a shot of Jägermeister. And nobody is a good dr- uh, Jägermeister drinker. <laughs> That's just not the kind of drink that anyone is good at yeah. drinking. Well, not, not nobody with more than 5% of a soul left. Yeah, seriously. But, um, and so then he gives me that, you know, he orders that for me. I'm so gone already that it goes down like nothing. Sure. And I was like, okay, but that was the end. It was already the end of the oh. night. So I'm now in... This limousine, because Nick Donatelli had gotten me a car to take me from my house to work, from work to the party, and then a limousine, which is very sweet. sweet. That's very sweet. It's very, very sweet. But when you are in a limousine by yourself, it does make you feel a little sad. (laughs) Like, I definitely couldn't get a date to prom. (laughs) Right. But you could afford the limo still. Exactly. Nice. So I, I get home. I get out. I barely make it to the bathroom before throwing up peas and shepherd's pie but which house which place is this oh this This is on cold water uh, water can yeah i love that place called it the drug den because everyone there was doing drugs and drinking constantly or making porn or making porn these we can't waste every good story we have so much this is listen this is why we needed to to have a our own podcast because we have so many good stories about living with uh crazy drug addicts and porn stars yes there's just crazy stories hey stop talking about my dad all right um so but anyway so you got home I got home. I threw up immediately. Yeah. So there's my shepherd's pie back Ugh. and I passed out. And the few times I have been drunk, I wake up like really early. Yeah. Even though I'm not, you know, I went to bed super drunk at probably one in the morning, maybe something like that. And just 6 a.m. I'm up. Like can't go back to sleep. Can't up? go back to just up. Weird. Feeling shitty. Ugh. And I remember um, I had an episode of The Simpsons. That I had recorded that I hadn't watched yet. And it was the Sherry Bobbins episode. Oh, nice. So I'm on the couch, like just feeling as though I have had a 21st birthday party that ended with a shot of Jägermeister. Right. And I'm watching it. And there's part in there, if I can remember, it's like, um, oh, man, it's the first time I can't remember. Wow, you're missing a sentence. Yeah, he was like, it's a blood sausage pudding. Oh, right. And Bart goes this the secret ingredient is blood. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man. <gasps> yeah. Ugh. So this was my 21st birthday party in show business land. Nice. Um, How odd that we both had 21st birthdays in showbiz land. You did. Yes, How Clark crazy. Worked, I was... We'll have plenty of stories about this, but Clark had my dream job growing up, uh, which was um, to be a tour guide a tour guide at universal studios universal hollywood studios. but let's do we have another question we actually are good on time we were gonna move speaking of our long and storied history yeah uh i thought we should maybe take people through a, a little flashback segment and talk about how we met and where we came from yes we've been going on about that so wait wait let's leave room wow. for a jingle Flashing back with clark and lb let's talk about some fond memories it's a flashback okay so that uh, is a good setup for our entire friendship it is for those of you who are saying hey Lori beth i loved you on nickelodeon's all that mm-hmm. i loved you on nickelodeon's figure it out sure, on sure. the w why am i like pitching the I don't, networks. I don't know. I yeah. It. yeah. On the Steve Harvey show. <laughs> I've done, I've done some stuff. Yeah. Who are the producers on that? So, yeah. <laughs> so if you're saying, 
well, LB, I know you from everywhere. Who the hell is Clark Crozer? Oh, I'll tell question. you. Clark and I have been friends uh, for thir- no, no, how old are we? 20, Since about, first grade. Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. We met when uh, we were in Miss Plaisance's class. Ooh, shout Plaisance. out to Miss Plaisance. Valerie Plaisance. One, one of these days, I'm still in contact with her. One of these days, maybe we can get her for the show. Oh, she, that would be so awesome. Right? Kind of just uh, call in and talk with us about uh, how we were in first grade. That is awesome. Yeah, we're all Facebook friends. <laughs> Mrs. Plaisance was awesome. Still is. Yeah, still is. And so she had one of those split classes that was first and second grade. Mm-hmm. I was in second grade and Clark comes in first. He's a little younger than me. Yeah, that's all right. We, but he, yeah, he's, he's younger than me, but he's much better at growing a beard. <laughs> I'm, I, I make up for it by being way less mature. Yes. So, um, yeah, so we met in my first, your second. We spent that year together. And then we kind of went back and forth throughout all of elementary because you and I were at one different. We would be together one year and then the next year we would be in different classes. Yeah. And then we'd be together again for maybe third grade and then we'd be apart again. So we kind of went back and forth through elementary school. And then you went to a different uh, middle school, a little different junior high, right? No, I went to Nobel. We went to the same junior high. We I don't remember talking a lot to you in junior high. No, I. Junior high, middle school is is just weird. Middle school is weird. Nobody likes it. The kids don't like it. The teachers don't like Nobody likes middle school. Well, did school. Logan go to? Yeah, Logan okay. went to the middle school. That's where I really became friends with Logan. Okay. Because we met at fifth grade in elementary, but he was kind of a friend of a friend. Uh-huh. And then when we got to Nobel, to middle school, I didn't have that middle friend. So oh. it was just like, uh, you're my friend now. Yes. So I kind of took him. And-, and we'll talk about Logan, I'm sure, on many podcasts. Yeah. I mean, Clark's oh, yeah. best friend who I, who I came to love in uh, high school. Yeah. So uh, basically, we didn't really talk through but middle we were, school. We were like drama-ish together. Did you do Fernandez's yeah. drama oh, class? Oh, that guy was a creep. Yeah, There's another. Super creep. Wealth of uh, content. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard that he slept with a student. I don't he was know a teacher that- in junior high. I let's let's cover our Okay. Well, I'm not saying that he did it. I'm saying I heard heard a rumor. You heard that he allegedly might have been inappropriate with the student, which is exactly what I heard. Oh my god. So the point is, I think we we I do remember you from then. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do remember you from that. I was in uh, Dracula. I was around. With Eric Balfour, Eric remember that? Balfour and Josh Poya. Josh Poya. I just reconnected with him. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so we did. That high. was junior high. Junior high, nobody liked junior high. Yeah. High school is kind of where we both kind of hit our stride. Yeah, high school is where we were very involved in the drama mm, very department. Very involved. So but, that was like, you know, where you really get the groupings. You get the goth kids right. hanging out together. You get the real lunchroom right. split up the then. Right, the cheerleaders are over exactly. there. Exactly. So the drama kids would hang out in the drama room or right outside. Right. And, and it was just, really, it was always uh, a good, easy go-to because we had so many years of... Uh, friendship even at high school we had a history so it was kind of one of those like oh it's just easy you don't have to make new friends you just have a friend here well also though i want to say that clark really got my jokes oh yeah like i was like uh, it's possible to say I was ahead of my time. Yeah. And my yeah. material was a little above the head. Of oh, yeah. School students. Absolutely. But Clark, we had a lot in common. I mean, 
The Simpsons, Mystery Science Theater oh, yeah. 3000. Big time. Just some of our pop culture knowledge. Yes, pop culture knowledge, plus just knowledge, knowledge. And just a sense of humor. Just, I feel exactly. like we had a very similar sense of humor. Exactly. And you would make fun of somebody, and I would make fun of somebody, yeah. and then we would uh, see who has the better jokes. Yeah, we go, that guy's an idiot. And Clark would say, I concur. <laughs> and then we'd laugh. And then we'd <laughs> laugh. Um, unlike all the people listening to us right now. No, anyway, we were, um, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we were nice. We weren't. We weren't assholes. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't mean police. people. Um, unless you ask the wrong people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but then in the magical year of 1994, we were doing. Uh, uh, can I can I uh, say that uh, somebody didn't pass their 94 graduation? Oh. So we were split. Yeah, you, you were, were you were a year ahead of me. So you should have graduated in 94 because uh -huh. I graduated in 95. But meanwhile, in the fall of 95, when you came back to school, uh, there was a fall festival. And the fall festival was a big drama uh, event where drama classes from high schools around California or Southern California. Southern what are the two? DTAS, Drama yeah. Teachers Association of Southern, Southern California. California. There you go. So they get together and all these uh, schools uh, have a competition, a drama competition where there's different categories. There's children's group. There's serious drama. There's comedy, all this stuff. And you were in the two person comedy category. Is that right? No, you're. You're ahead of year. Am I? This would this what you're about well is no, it was fall of ninety-four going into no ninety no? It was oh yes, 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 it was. Fall of ninety-four. The story you're about to tell about my meteoric rise into show business happened in what should have been not what should don't shit all over yourself. What normally would have been my graduating senior year. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm absolutely sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, we, I was in a two-person comedy scene. Yeah. And with somebody that you you weren't very friends with. No, we're not. We're not that close. And that, but that's I feel like, like that's an important part of the story is that there was conflict with the other person in the sketch, uh, yes. and yet you were still able to kind of like just murder it yes we did uh we did a um kathy and mo right? yeah a scene from the kathy and mo show called lost hermanas which is kathy her uh kathy najimi and, and mo, uh, gaffney. mo gaffney so we did uh a scene from that as our you know presentation five minute sketch uh just the two of us and we won first place yeah and then there was a uh a showcase of all the first place scenes in all the categories. Right. And the producers from all that were there scouting for kids for what was at that point untitled sketch comedy show. Right. And Called all those stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and um, that's where they, you know, saw us. They called a few people in to audition. Now, was there anyone else that was called that made the show from that event? No. You were the only one. No, Nobody only else one. was found from that. Uh, no, other people were called into audition, but I'm the only one who made it. Who continued. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so that got you your big break. Yeah, that got me my job on on all that. On all that. And that's why we had done. When was the earthquake? Ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four earthquake. Because it all coincided. With so yeah, that was ninety four. 
So we would have done the fall festival. This makes sense now. Yeah. All right, everybody, hang with us this, for this we're exciting, so close. We're this so exciting close. trip through the calendar. You're going to be blown away by the end of the story. Because it was fall festival, right? Yes. So that's in the fall. You're right. Like September. That's what I hope it October, is. October, November, whenever it was. Sure, sure. And then I got the job on right. all that. Right. In which you had to move for. You had yes. to leave California and well, move to is, Florida. This is the point. The first thing was to do the pilot, which was going to be just a week there. Mm. February is when we we're going to do the pilot. Okay. My flight from L.A. to Orlando, like my first cross-country flight, I had not even auditioned for other stuff. You were like, still 18 at the time, right? This was, I was 17. 17. It was a week before my 17th birthday. Wow. And at 5.30 in the morning when I was supposed to leave on a plane, at 8.30 in the morning, that's when the Northridge quake happened. No yeah. shit. Wow. So the Northridge quake happened. So for anyone listening that doesn't live in California, the Northridge earthquake was the biggest earthquake of my lifetime. Yeah, it was a big uh, one. It was our big one. So it happened in 1994. It was uh, it was a holiday. It was uh, Martin, it was Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr. Day. Yeah. Day. Which and was awesome because that meant that people weren't staying like, at home and yeah, sleeping. Exactly. Uh, because when it happened, it happened early in the morning and it just devastated a lot of L.A., but mostly the valley. Yeah, there was there some, was parking lots that were crumbled. The freeway freeways fell. fell. Yeah, yeah it was that's right. It was like, big in our lifetimes. We've been through plenty earthquakes and there's you know, there's the two kinds. There's the rolling kind. Right. And then there's one where your house just like shakes back and forth like. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. um, the, and I lived in Northridge. You didn't live far from Northridge. No, no, no. I lived in Woodland Hills. Yes. So I lived in my house was the epicenter, man. Um, and but we were lucky, you know, we a lot of people we know were OK in the earthquake. They mm -hmm. got new kitchens. Yeah. Because their houses got ruined. Yeah. Up. Or new fences. New yeah. But it was a big it was a big deal. It's the first earthquake where, you know, they're normally they're kind of fun. Yeah. You know, they're littler yeah. and they roll. And this one, the 94 quake was the first time that I'm like, oh, it's happening. How long is this going to go on for? Yeah, I remember vividly running out of my house with my dad after it was done, mm -hmm. running into the backyard to turn off the gas. Yep. And my dad turned to me and he goes, well, you just lived through the big one. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's so dramatic. That stayed with me my entire life. And then what? you just put on a symphony. That <laughs> exactly. It was a... Uh, it was Tchaikovsky playing in the background. Um, it was it, it was a big event. And so you're saying it happened and you literally just had to leave everything on the ground and get on a plane? No, I'm saying it happened. So the airport was shut. Oh, no. And I was thinking, you're well, going to go. Yeah. I was going to say this could be my big break and I can't go. And, you know, and of course, that was me as a kid thinking that. Right. What ended up happening was as the day went on. Things opened up and we ended up taking a red eye out to Orlando. So I had been up all day wow. from 530 with an earthquake. Cleaning, I'm sure. Cleaning, checking Sweeping on people. Sweeping up glass. Yeah. yeah. And then left on a red eye to go to Florida. When I got there, because of the time zones, it was morning and it was time to go to work. Mm. So Chicky picked me up from the airport and took me to the studio. Mm. 
So as though being on a TV show wasn't going to be surreal enough. Exactly. I had been up. I mean, it was it was a real trip. It was a real trip. And that was my foray into show business. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So so LB moves to Florida and that kind of, uh, you know, it's not we weren't close enough or I didn't even have money back then. It's not like I could fly to Florida to see you and you were way busy. It's not like you could really do it either. So we kind of lost contact for a couple of years. Yeah, because I was there. We did the pilot. We did the first two seasons. Yeah. And then when I moved back to L.A. because they moved the production from Orlando to L.A. They, They moved the whole studio. They moved well, they bought another they bought studio a new and stu- painted it. And then they got rid of their Florida <laughs> studio. So they, you know. Yeah, uh, I know. Years later, that's really sad. Yeah. But that's when we kind of reconnect. That's when you were at Pierce yeah. and I would come see you in all your plays. Yeah. So while LB. an actor too. And he was in all the plays, you know, in high school and college. And he worked at Universal Studios as yeah, a so performer. I was, I was about to say. So while you were kind of getting these shows and, and expanding there on TV, I was back here in L.A. I went to college and I was still doing theater in college, but then I got my job at universal. Uh, and the first job I got was the tram guy, which was my dream, dream job. job yeah. Up. Which is basically just an hour long bullshit session yes. because the, uh, my, my theory was if they're going to make me lie, I'm going to lie about what I want to lie about. Absolutely. Cause there's just nonsense in that script. One of these days, uh, if maybe for the show, I can just bring in the script cause I still have it. It's right over uh. there. We can just go through the tram guide script. It's uh, filled with nonsensical lies. Anyway, uh, Her hair jumped first. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, so that was what we were doing. I was, uh, universal and you were on TV and we were kind of both making our way through our 20s mm-hmm. and then uh we kind of reconnected after you left uh Steve Harvey maybe around yeah, Steve Harvey yeah, we kind yeah, of reconnected yeah. around Steve yeah. Harvey um and we're you know had just rekindled our friendship and yep Started being friends again, and that's uh, been that way ever since. Been that way ever since. And then we decided closer, to I... make a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Well, I officiated your wedding. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's so, yeah, we'd, we'd gotten closer over the years. And, um, you know, I love Clark's parents. Yeah. And always have. But, yeah. You know. It's, it's, uh, it's been uh, an amazing 40 years. I'll definitely right? say that. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And there's a million stories in between that we didn't even get to, and right. we will get to them eventually on this podcast. But before we go any further, All I right. think we should do one last question. Okay. Uh, this is a little bit more of a serious one. So uh, let's see what you have to say. I have a question. There's a girl that I like, and I've liked for a really long time. She's one of my best friends. Now, we recently just connected after a two-year friendship break. And I thought the feelings were gone, but they are totally not. She has a boyfriend who does not treat her well at all. He's uh, verbally abusive and mm. can be physical too. Mm. So my question is, should I try asking her out? You know, should, should I shoot my shot? Or should I respect the relationship even though he's an asshole? Thanks. All right. Mm, Bubba. Yeah, that's a hard one. That is, well, what I think is, is uh, if you truly care about this person, this woman, 
And, you know, she says that she's dating a man. I don't know if she's bi. Like, I don't know that situation right, at all. Right. But for what it is, you know, at the moment, if you truly care about this person and she's in this bad situation with an abusive boyfriend, I would say the thing to do would be her friend. Right. And let her know you're there to support her. Or let her know you're concerned about that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the, the, the more important thing here is that the, the friend that you like is being abused. Yeah. That should be taken care of first. Yeah. So you have a crush on this person, but you've gotten to know her because you're friends and to truly care about someone, you know, to, would be to be able to help her and support her if she wants it. Right. Without the ulterior motive. Right. Exactly. Of like, you know, well, I really like her. And because honestly, here's the thing. That's what she needs. She needs that friend right now. She doesn't yeah. need somebody that's going to make her already kind of shitty situation shittier. Well, yeah. If you're going, it's like that, that, you know, going to another friend, you know, my boyfriend, I'm having trouble with my boyfriend. Right. So I go to another friend of mine to talk to, and then he puts the moves on me. Exactly. That's the last thing that you want to happen. Yeah. So I don't know if it's time to shoot your shot. Yeah. But it's definitely time and appropriate to support your friend. Yeah. However, she wants, even if it's you as a friend saying, you know, it's hard for me to watch this. He treats you really badly. Yeah. I'm here for help if you want it. Absolutely. Um, so that's, you know, I don't think it's the time to profess your love. Plus right. this, this woman is in a relationship that's toxic yeah. and she's choosing. I mean, it's easy to get trapped in a bad relationship. Trust me. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, but wherever her head is at, she's with this, this man. Yeah. And is involved in this, you know, abusive relationship and is tolerating it for who knows why. Right. Who and, knows what reasons. But you also have to kind of be a little delicate, too, because you, I feel like if you walk in guns a blazing or just like, you know, constantly saying, oh, this guy's horrible. This guy's horrible. You're, he's ruining you. He's horrible for you. He's, yeah. You gotta, you know, that's uh, for some people. That's just going to encourage her to stick it out longer or try harder be or to be defensive about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I would even be a little bit cautious about bad mouthing the dude yeah i i'd be more in line uh, along the lines of you know just like you said being there as a friend making sure she understands that you know she deserves a little better and that yeah. you know but this is her moment to kind of get out of that situation yeah You're, you can't really be the savior because then your re the re the resulting relationship will be screwed up yeah, because you started out as this savior and then there, I feel like there's just going to be resentment one way or the other. Yeah. The thing to do would be if it was me, I would express my concern to my friend about how I'm feeling about her situation and saying, you know, this is really hard to watch. You're so great. And you're, you know, being treated very badly. And I don't know if you feel that way, but if you want any help or support, I'm here. Right. I think you deserve better than this. I want you to, I, I think you're, uh, worthy of something that's better than that. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're shooting too low, you know, like try and focus on, on making her feel better about herself or her life or her world and not just focus on how horrible the dude is. Yeah. Because of course the dude's horrible, but yeah. you can't really do much about that. So 
Anyway, yeah, that, that's good advice, I think. All right. Good All right. Luck. Good yeah, luck, good, good luck, uh, uh, person that didn't leave their phone number or their name. That's okay if that's you don't okay. want to leave your name. It's that's absolutely fine. okay. Absolutely. But you know what? That was it. That That's our first podcast. Like, that was that it. That was our last question. That was it. That was the last question. Fair enough. All right. We uh, we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I, I guess I shouldn't be talking for you. I think that this was fun. Yes, don't talk for me. Yeah, seriously. Um, no, I had a lot of fun, too. It's yeah. funny sitting down with you and we're recording. So I'm mindful, like, we can't talk about everything. Right. And everything that we talked about between us, I had 10 more folding out stories. Yeah. That one thing. So exactly. we will so get we have through our relationship. Plenty of uh, fun, crazy, wacky stories yes. ahead. But uh, yeah, I thought this was really fun. And I hope you guys thought it was fun, too, because uh, I'd love to do this more. Yeah, uh, we, we could, should make at least one more. I, I would like to. All right. Well, all thank right. you all for listening yeah. very much. I really appreciate it. I hope you come yeah. back. Where can they uh, Where can they find us and submit our questions? Well, Let's see. At Ask Lori Beth on Instagram and Twitter. That's right. Uh, what's the Facebook page? The Facebook page is uh, Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg on Facebook. That's right. And uh, also, you can go straight to AskLoriBeth.com. That's right. And leave us questions there. Straight through there. Or call us at 1-855-DENBERG, 1-855-DENBERG. And make sure you leave your name uh, and where you're from if you want to, if you want us to use it. If you want to be anonymous, be anonymous. Absolutely. We do not care. And you can find me at LBDenberg at... Twitter. No, wait, what is it? Oh, I'm not good at this. The social medias. At LB Denberg on Instagram. There you go. And at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter. I think I even have the little check mark. All right. Um, and can they find you anywhere, Clark? Uh, I might be uh, at uh, Arts Delicatessen on Tuesday. Oh, a nice uh, Reuben. Yeah, getting maybe some pastrami. It should be good. All right. All right. Reach out, please. I want to hear your questions. I want to give you answers if I can. You are all our friends now, so we can give you advice. We're here for you. We want to be here for you. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.